Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Story Slam podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories recorded at our live events in Bristol, UK. All the stories you're going to hear are true and come straight from our audience. We release episodes every Thursday where you'll get to hear the next part of our recorded show. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. So please stay tuned till the end for more information on how you can do that. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. And other than that, enjoy the show. Welcome back. It is the Story Slam podcast, of course. You're here today listening to episode number 48, which is part two of our Masquerades theme. It's the final part, so I hope you enjoy. <laughs> um, right, let's have uh, another one of these. The dog's called, right, the dog's called Emmett, okay? And my God, he is just like the most energetic six-month-old Springer Spaniel you have ever seen. Like, he'll just be here, next moment he'll be here, or anywhere else in the entire room, and be chewing something, usually my socks, and then when you don't quite watch him, just for a moment, he's, I, I look out the window and I see half a dog, because his other half is deep in the ground, where he has just decided I'm gonna dig in this spot right here. And I go running out, I'm like, Emmett, what are you doing? He like, looks up at me, massive smile on his face, like covered in mud. I'm like, get in, you fucker. Like, what are you doing? It's this beautiful, like, beautiful flower bed that clearly the owners like. <laughs> and he goes running in, I go after, after him, and he's like running on, on the sofa, and ugh. Fine. <laughs> He's a complete babe, though. I'm having a great time. This is like only two and a half more weeks to go. Okay. First date with this guy, and I guess he liked me because each time I was, each time I was telling him I love this or that, he was like, "Yeah, me too." Yeah, he like, yeah, he likes you. <laughs> what a coincidence. Anyway, we we're talking about our talking about our own current readings. Yeah, cool. And I told him, oh, like, re- as in, like, books. Okay, and I told him, I love Harry Potter books. He told me, yeah, it is very interesting written. I knew right away that he was not the man for me. <laughs> so he doesn't like someone called doesn't like Harry Potter. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, I, <laughs> I saw, like, a tweet recently, which I'm going to relay to you, because apparently I just love memes. Um, and it was, um, your body is temple, and you shouldn't be sharing it with anyone who doesn't look like Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, damn right. <laughs> um, thank you very much for your little one-line story. Right, drum roll, please. This one's going to be Michael. Woo! Right, one more then, while I wait for Michael. Let's have one more of these. To smuggle our 12-year-old brother into a screening of Deadpool. Oh, I'm loving all these getting just sneaking into um, sneaking into cinema screenings. This is great. My sister and I bought us all tickets to Zoolander 2 instead, and we snuck into the other screen after getting past security. That's the way to do it. Yes, well, well played. Um, I went with my dad to see AI. Is it a still Spielberg movie? Um, like years ago, it was like 18, and. It shows, tells you something about my dad, really. We were, like, there, and he was there with, like, a date he was on, and I was, like, being dragged along because I was, like, the child. And um, the guy was like, I'm afraid your son's too young to come see AI. But I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> Pulling out a £20 note out of his pocket, 
and trying to bribe <laughs> this security guy. And um, the guy was like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> I can't be bribed. And uh, we got uh, squatted off premises. <laughs> what the fuck was the next person called? <laughs> Michael. I'm so sorry, Michael. Um, a round of applause, please, for Michael. Yeah, right, guys. Um, I am from Liverpool, so I do apologise if you can't understand what I'm saying. Um, so, about a year ago, I became single again. Thank you. Now, <laughs> yeah, woo. So the issue was, is I had no idea how to be single. You know, how do you talk to people? Go up, hi, I'm Michael. Oh, yeah, see you later. Yeah, gone. Housemates to the rescue, they set me up with someone. So thank God for that. And I'm texting away this, this lovely girl. We, we determine a date, we're gonna go to this, we're gonna go to this, fantastic. I thought, you know what? I don't wanna be the average date. I wanna be a good date. So I start texting away and I'm like, right, how about we have a theme? <laughs> yes. I say, we've each gotta bring an item and we've gotta tell a story about that item. And then the other person has to decide, is it true or is it false? Send. As soon as I hit send, I realised I have no sentimental value over anything in my room. I was looking around going, I can't take that, that's a TV. I can't take that, that's an Xbox, right. Um, and I'm panicking, and she's, yeah, great idea. I went, oh, no. Um, and it's not that I'm not sentimental. I've kept lots of items from previous relationships. Not something you take on a first date, okay? Not something you take on a first date. So, I'm panicking all the way up to the day. The day arrives, and I am rumbling around my room. What can I find? What can I find? I found it. A rock. A rock, oh yes, I'm being serious here. A rock that I was given when I went to New Zealand by the family that I stayed with. And I thought, a rock, that'll break the ice. Boom, yeah, oh, oh yes, it's that type of story. So um, I have this rock in my pocket and I'm on the way into central London for this date. And I start thinking, wait a minute, I'm gonna be known as the guy who brought a rock to a date. That's gonna be me forever. Wait a minute, she knows my friends, my housemates. Oh no, this is gonna go around. And I start panicking, and I thought, it's got an okay backstory, it's, it's, it's semi-decent. And I start thinking, no, this has got to be good, this has got to be good. So all the way I'm going into central London, I'm thinking, what is this rock to me? What is this rock? <laughs> I meet up with a lovely young lady, we go on a date. I get past the bouncers, he doesn't search me, don't worry. <laughs> we sit down, and it comes to story time. She has a lovely set of penguins, it's really, really, you know, about hair, really, really good. I'm thinking, right, I've got to top this. So I, bang, rock on the table. <laughs> yes. And I start going into so much detail about how a Maori tribe in New Zealand gave me this rock as part of a good luck ritual. And that if I kept this rock with me for the rest of my days, it would always bring me good luck. And I am going the full whack with this. I am, honestly, I start believing it myself. I honestly start thinking, this rock really means something. No, she's trying to touch it. I'm like, hands off, this is lucky. And so, yes, yes, the date ended uh, not very well. Obviously, I took a rock to a date. Who would have thought that ended well? Um, and on the way back, I suddenly started thinking, why was I lying about this rock? This rock actually did mean a little bit to me. Why would I keep it? 
And I ended up being known as my house. Get back to me, housemates. Housemates, you took a rock on a date. Yeah, well, you know what? I've lived on. And, and so I want to give you. There's a little moral to this story as well. There is a moral to this story. Firstly, you don't need to lie on a date. <laughs> something can actually mean mean something to you. Secondly, don't take a rock on a date. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who on earth would bring a rock to a social event? <laughs> Oh, Michael. <laughs> the whole time my head was in my hands. I was like, no, no, it gets worse and worse. I don't think, though, like, The Rock was... Yeah, I think you were right, though. It's like, The Rock wasn't the thing that went wrong, I think. I think it was actually quite sweet that you had, like, a rock that had meant this thing because someone had given it to you. Because I'm pretty sure I got rock somewhere. That, like, like, I remember I, like, went... I, like, went... I holidayed in Scotland like, when I was a kid, and I remember... It's one of my earliest memories, in fact, actually, is of me forcing my parents to try and find this rock on a pebble beach because it was one that I particularly loved and I'd lost it. <laughs> and my mum was like, here it is. And I was like, yay! <laughs> and I was <laughs> mum, you found it. It was like the greatest mum trick ever. And I've still got that rock. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. Like, if you feel like you have to like, lie on a date, it's like... Surely you'd want to be with somebody who, like, would accept you for who you are, and even your, even like, settlement of value over a rock or something. So no, no, no need to lie. So great moral and great story. Thank you, Michael. Um, I think what we're going to do is take a brief interval. Um, we'll come back here in about twenty minutes' time. Um, so we'll be back here for like quarter past. Um, if you would like to tell a story in the second half, please put your name on one of these yellow slips and put that out there. Or um, short one-line anonymous stories in this hat here. Um, also, if you think you'd like yours to be recorded or want to change anything on there, please do that now. Um, we'll see you guys back here in about 20 minutes' time. Thanks. Hello? Yay! Hey guys, how's it going? Thank you. Thank you so much everyone who's put all their names and stories in the hat. Fantastic, we're not going to run out today, which is fantastic. Thank you everyone for being so generous with your lives and your stories. Let's start off, just keep this, this start right off the bat. My friend Phil has taken me out to his... Wait. My friend Phil has taken me out to be his wingman a few times. He likes to lie from the off. Oh, mates. What's his name? Phil. Phil. Um, introducing, us, in, introducing us with obscure professions to see how we can roll with it. E.g. 2D grave designer? Is that what it's at? Games. I suddenly realised what it says. Dolphin therapist, etc. He remains single. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> what? What? My bum crack smells like fruit pastels. <laughs> to be fair, if you go smell of anything, fruit pastels is pretty great. Maybe you've got a gift, we've got like a magic, we've got someone else's magic in the audience, so maybe you guys should have a chat. 
I'm not... Guys, you know who you are who's written this. Oh my god, there's loads of them. There's loads of them, and they're all they're all clearly the same handwriting. I once wiped my bum on my prick of a housemate's pillow. The other one was way worse. At work, looking after sick people when really I want to go home and watch Love Island and forget about my long-term, or forget about long-term diseases. Love Island, though. Yeah. <laughs> but also Love Island. Ugh. <laughs> if only because the voting systems are just so fucked. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you think for us, post is broken. Like, there's it, it, no rhyme or reason to it. So I'm home for the first time in forever, and it's the biggest masquerade ever. What? <laughs> oh, pretending I give a shit. <laughs> I feel you. I realize I have gone unchecked for several years. Every time I say something ridiculous that I, should, that I shouldn't, I just say, oh, it's a British thing. Now people keep asking me what I'm going to do, what job do I want? Don't you think my kids look cute in this? I have to, I have to nod like I give a fuck. <laughs> I think nodding like you give a fuck is kind of like what keeps society together. You know? I think caring's important too, but also pretending to care is also very important. I think, uh, well done. <laughs> right, let's have a first storyteller, shall we? Drum roll, please. Next one is going to be Tash. Woo! Right, while we're waiting for Tash, we'll have one more of these. I have seven nephews, seven boys. Oh, interesting. Um, I learned a new word the other day. Nibbling is the name for all your nieces and nephews. So you've got siblings and then nibblings. Which I really like. Oh, also, while we're on words, um, another word the other day. Um, the word yonic. Yonic, anyone know what yonic means? Yeah, so yonic is the female version of phallic. Isn't that cool? Like, I can't believe everyone knows phallic, but no one knows yonic. So you can say, like, roses are quite yonic. Isn't that cool? Use yonic. Yonic's a word that should be used more. Right. I have seven nephews, siblings, seven boys. Last year for Christmas, I bought a Snow White outfit and my sister created seven dwarf outfits. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. We dressed my nephew up and we told Snow White's story while I, while I was miming it. The following day, my nephews asked me what I was doing, where I was during the story moment, they hadn't figured out I was Snow White. Oh, that's just so pure. That's so sweet. That's a great Halloween costume. Um, uh, right, a big round of applause then, please, for Tash.
I'm just going to begin this story by offering a huge apology to Kerry, my auntie who told the fantastic story earlier. Really beautiful story about my entrance into the world because um, I'm going to tell a story about me being very, very drunk in Bangkok. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. This is not the plot of The Hangover 2. This is not... We're talking five quite middle-class people in Bangkok. So my boyfriend and I were visiting... Um, Two of his friends from uni, his best, best friends, who've been living in Bangkok teaching for going on three years at this point. Another friend of his with us. So, we're all doing all the really cultural stuff all the time. You know, we're going to really nice bars, you know, lots of local knowledge going on. Really, really fantastic time. So his best friend, Josiah, this lovely man, who's been living in Bangkok for a long time now, says, right, We'll show you, you know, what tourists, you know, what a lot of tourists go to Bangkok to see, the kind of the, you know, the dirty kind of stuff, you know, just so you can see, you know, the contrast between that and real Bangkok that we've been showing you. I'm like, great, okay, fine, we'll see this. As a feminist, I'm not sure I'm really comfortable with this. Okay, but we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. He says, don't worry, we'll go to this bar, we'll go to this bar. But, you know, it'll be fun, it'll be a laugh, we'll go, you know, we'll go to this bar, we'll see the girls, you know, it'll, it'll be fine, it'll be fun. Okay, fine. We're not going to a ping pong show, are we, though? No, 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 Tr trust me. No, we never want to do that, okay. We went there before, you know, we went there before and it was fine, it was great, you know, it was just girls, you know, doing a bit of dancing, fine, okay. So we show up to this place and they make you buy a drink before you actually go in. So we buy drinks, you know, we go in, we sit down, you know, just, you know, girls doing a bit of the dancing, okay, this is fine. Then, you know, Lights go down, UV light comes up, they're doing, you know, body painting, body painting, and it's all this UV body painting, which is really beautiful, actually, you know, quite nice, quite fun. We've got a few drinks in us, having a bit of a laugh. Anyway, the UV body paint girls leave, and a new set of girls walk in. And we're like, okay, you know, just a bit of the dancing, fine. Suddenly we realize this is a ping pong show. <laughs> But we can't really leave because we're only about this far into quite expensive drinks that we've bought. So we're sat there horrified. And we're just, we're just looking, we're like, oh God, what do we do? What do we do? We're, we're too middle class for this. What do we do? This is not what we want to do. Um, so eventually we, 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 make a, we make a very, very quick escape. We do, you know, as quick as we can, down the drinks, make an escape. And then the moment comes where we're sat, we come to, you know, we go to McDonald's around the corner, we're sat down and we're just staring at each other, just traumatized by what we've just seen, just... What do we do, what do we do? Two things dawned on me in that moment. The first of which is that ping pong shows are a lot less projectile than you'd imagine. I don't know if anyone's ever been to one, but it was a lot less just, you know, it was a lot less kind of like Nerf gun and a bit more just, you know. <laughs> what you'd expect. The other thing that occurred to me, and this is still a defining memory of that night, is Thai McDonald's is so much better than British McDonald's. <laughs> Thank you very much. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite my favorite bit of that story was your, your expression which somehow, using face and hands, you managed to describe something going on elsewhere, where you're like, not so much projectile, more as if... <laughs> what a wonderful... I don't know how you quite managed it, but I thought it was great. Um, 
and glad you had a good time in Bangkok. <laughs> if not those bits, but all the rest of that sounds pretty good. Okay, let's have another one of these. I went to a cafe for lunch with my family. The owner, the owner was famously angry all the time, but the food was delicious. When my salad arrived, a teeny slug was masquerading as food on my plate. <laughs> to avoid the owner's inevitable collision with my Larry mum, I spent the rest of the meal subtly chasing it around the plate with a bit of lettuce. <laughs> so no one noticed him, worked a treat. <laughs> yes, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> so you did that all to avoid a collision between this really famously angry man and your Larry mum. <laughs> you, took a you took a bullet for that one, well done. And there's something so like very adorable about just like having your own pet little slug with your salad. I went to a masquerade ball for a New Year's Eve party in a church. It was the first time I met my friend's boyfriend, so I was keen to see what he was made of. My friend's boyfriend. Yeah. He ended up, he ended up handing me a pint glass of straight vodka. Wrongen. <laughs> Halfway through, I vomited on the floor. I'm going to hell for puking in a church. <laughs> he just slid the glass back to me and said, you haven't finished your drink. Not sure how I feel about this guy. This guy doesn't sound very nice. You drink at your own pace. You drink responsibly. And vodka by itself is grim. No, don't do that. Um, so, so in, in conclusion, what he, what he was made of, the wrong stuff. He wasn't made of the right stuff. Okay, drum roll please, for our last storyteller. is gonna be Safia. Right, while we wait for Safia. During fancy dress day at primary school, I went in full pretty woman drag. <laughs> I forgot I had to go to school church that day. <laughs> I didn't bring a change of clothes. Rather than taking me in drag, my teacher put me in some short shorts and a pee vest he found. <laughs> I'm not sure that's better. Go, go in drag, fuck it. My friend Heather's birthday party fell on Halloween this year, so we dressed up this year? That doesn't make any sense. One year, that's it. As we dressed up as hair metal legends, my hair mate, oh Christ. My housemate split his chin open. That, that went to naught to 100 quite quickly then. <laughs> So Ian E had to contend with all four members of Kiss and Axl Rose while they got while she got stitches. <laughs> Fantastic. One more, then we'll have Safia on stage. I was new at my school, wanted to impress my three new school friends by appearing as some wise oracle. <laughs> what? I lied to them. The things I remember kids at school just like lying and like claiming they knew things. Like, I remember. Oh, this is an old memory, but um, we've all seen Toy, Toy Story, probably, most of us have seen Toy Story. But this was before the release of Toy Story 2. My friend, who I was in like, primary school with, told me that he knew the story of Toy Story 2, and that like, Woody was like a pencil, and Buzz Lightyear was a rubber or something. <laughs> I really believed him for a bit. So this might work, who knows. I lied to them that I could not lie, and I could not fathom how to lie. 
I still am friends with one of the people after I have never told him the truth after 18 years. <laughs> and he probably knows by now, though, doesn't he? <laughs> I once told... I once... So, um... I stood on a nail in primary school. This is, oh, this is boring. But I stood on a nail in primary school, and you had this, like, um... It's like like plastic, like gel-like stuff put on your foot. I went to school and told everybody that that would become my real skin and that, it, <laughs> and that my body would like absorb it. Um, and, yeah, funny, lol. And then, when I was like 16, I told that story and the same girl was there and she was like, what? I thought, and she only realized at that moment that I was lying to her. <laughs> I was like, Jen, <laughs> no, I just took it off in the day. Um, so I want to hear more about this story at some point. Um, I want to know how you used your I can't lie thing to do stuff. That would have been, yeah. Um, I think we need our last storyteller then. So a big round of applause, please, for Safia. Okay, so. Everybody, in some way or another, has worn a mask online. And when I say online, I mean Facebook. Um, and a lot of people do it for maybe just to show the best side of themselves, which is okay. And also, there are, does everybody know what a troll is online? Yeah, um, somebody who's just a son of a bitch online, yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so I'm, I'm involved with a lot of um, community groups, like a lot of um, actions involve empowering the community and a lot of um, charity works. And recently, so as recent as last week, I have been trolled by neo-Nazis um, from all over the world, from America and Russia, and I've had, I've had some police intervention as well. And it's been, and so last, last week at nighttime, I just felt, even though I had called the police, well, told the police about what had been going on, and even though they were doing um, quite a good job to try and tackle it, it, obviously, it still really hurt that people feel the need to use their social media as, as a means to abuse other people. So that night, I thought about things, and I remembered a story about putting on masks when I was a lot younger. So let's take it back about nine years where I'm in Barbados, because that's where I grew up. And I would, I actually, I was, I've been dancing for a long time, and they had these, these bets where people would dance, um, in a way that you wouldn't dance at church. <laughs> so I felt, so even though I was, um, I was also going to church, I also wanted to be part of this group and I wanted to dance in a certain way that would probably be frowned upon and you know, I wanted to have a good time. So what I would do is I would put on a mask so people wouldn't, Notice, like, well, they wouldn't notice, obviously, because I'm wearing a mask. But. <laughs> so people wouldn't know. So people wouldn't know who I was, and because I'm not living in Barbados permanently at that time, to me, to me, it seemed like okay. So I'm still going to be able to get away with it. So I would go to these events, and I would dance 
in a mask and I could, I could, I would still be me and still be free to do what I wanted. And then one event, which wasn't a dancing event, I remember just um, standing and then in my ear, I hear somebody, somebody come up to me and say, I saw you dancing the other day. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I turn around and I'm thinking, wait, but how did you know? And they were like, okay, well, Safia, here's the thing. Only you would attempt to do a moonwalk to reggae. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing. So, so back to last week now, I'm thinking about this story. And I'm remembering that, okay, so even if you wear a mask, even if you, you put on this, this persona, your personality is always going to come through. It's always going to shine through. So if you are online pretending to be whatever, or you know, you have a fake self in society, and when you go online, you pretend to be this neo-Nazi, your hatred and your deep feelings are going to come out at some point. You can never hide your real personality. So I had, so that night I went to bed feeling okay because I knew that these neo-Nazis at some point, they're gonna be like that in society and they will get caught and hopefully they will do it in Southeast London. <laughs> that would be really helpful. So yeah, so, so that's the more of my story that no matter what mask you put on, your personality will always come out and there's no point in me. So that, that time in Barbados, I just decided, well, obviously, I'm not going to put on masks anymore because, hey, everybody knows it's me. I'm walking to, to Bob Marley. It don't make no difference. OK, that's it. Thank you. Grand Paul Safia. Thank you so much for your story. Um, it feels like, I don't know, the story really got me thinking is like, when you, like mentioning neo-Nazis and mentioning that kind of, um, the, like the right and the alt-right, etc. Like it seems like now, more than any time in my entire life, like there seems to be people trying to disagree on other people's like worth. Uh, and I, I, I have this like big, like deep, like deep sense of feeling. It's like, we're all just here together. We're all like on this planet and like sharing the same resources and all basically acting the same. Like, why, why hate one another? It's like, why, how can there possibly just be a disagreement that people are worth less than others? Like, you're exactly the same. So go out and just go be nice to people. <laughs> uh, go out and tell someone you love them. Go and after this, tell one of the storytellers how much you enjoyed their story because they've all been amazing this evening. Big round of applause for all storytellers. Um, <laughs> you guys. It has been a really wonderful afternoon. We, we are Story Slam. Um, we do this every month, so third Sunday of each month. Um, we have a special edition of Story Slam next month, uh, which actually not happening on the third, th third Sunday, but on the fourth Sunday, October the 22nd. Uh, and that is actually happening in a different venue as well. It's happening in Trinity Centre, just up the road. It's going to be a specially big Story Slam um, as part of Journeys of Justice. And Journeys of Justice is this travelling exhibition that goes around the country and 
exhibiting about social justice, about the civil rights movement, about justice in general. So our theme for next month is justice, which we're really excited to hear some stories on the theme of justice. Um, it will be in Trinity Centre at the usual time. Please come an hour or so before, like, like normal, just to make sure you secure a seat. There'll be a bar, etc. Posting about it online, so please do come along to that. Um, otherwise, there's a Sunday of each month here in the Wardrobe Theatre. Um, Check out the podcast, like us on Facebook, and until next time, I hope you have a wonderful month. So we'll see you again soon. Have a good night. And that is the end of our show for today. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in next week for more true stories told live on stage. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at speakeasystoryslam at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where you can get more news about the slam, but also see photos from the event. Um, also, if you'd like to tell us a story in person, then please come join us for our live events. They are every third Sunday of the month at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol, UK. We can't wait to see you. So from everyone here at Story Slam, have a great week.